Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Healing Place podcast. My name is Brian Hackney, and I'm the director of the Healing Place. And uh, many of you have asked, when are you going to be releasing more episodes of the Healing Place podcast? Well, ask and ye shall receive. So I'm really excited the way we're going to open up 2023. Um, A few weeks ago, I sat down with a really good friend, Beth McGuire, and we recorded seven episodes of a podcast uh, called Beautiful Ashes. I was wanting to have Beth on my podcast, and then incidentally, she said she was going to be shooting one, so um, she asked me to be on that podcast. So we're going to release those seven episodes to start the year on the Healing Place podcast. So who is Beth McGuire? Beth is a really, really good friend um, who was one of our care coaches. And over seven years ago, she started care coaching across Timbers in the Healing Place. Uh, She became uh, one of our star care coaches, I say, and she led our divorce care ministry. And um, she has since moved to North Carolina, but she stayed in touch. And she's actually still care coaching via Zoom long distance from her home in North Carolina. Beth uh, went through a very, very public divorce, and uh, she had the life that everyone dreams of, married to kids, uh, very successful life, a successful career, a foundation that she had poured her heart and soul and passion into that was giving back to the community that they lived in at the time, and literally overnight, that all disintegrated, and um, as she went through, again, a very public divorce, and found herself on the floor, literally on the floor in the fetal position, thinking her life was over. So uh, she's written a book called Beautiful Ashes, and there's seven chapters. The first chapter is called The Floor. Uh, And in the book, she just chronicles her journey of devastation uh, and the long road to healing as she pressed into faith, pressed into family, pressed into community, and uh, silence, building intimacy with God, and ultimately now finding purpose and meaning and passion for a new mission to find men and women who find themselves in the same situation that she was in and trying to give them hope for healing. So yeah, we sat down and and recorded seven episodes, one for each chapter. We're going to be releasing them uh, every week. So without further ado, I give you Beth McGuire in Beautiful Ashes. Hey, everyone. We're back again. Uh, Beautiful Ashes podcast. We are on Chapter 4, Community Chapter. And once again, I am here with Victor Fadul and Brian Hackney. Hey, hey. Thank you, guys. Hey. Again, so let's dive into community. So Chapter 4. We wrote this chapter because we wanted to show how integral uh, the community was in facilitating your healing process. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not everything, um, but it is a very vital component. Um, I say that because we don't always want to outsource help when we have the source that we can go to. Um, But God definitely used people in your life uh, very early on. It, It just started one by one pouring in and then turned into this beautiful garden of people that um, were able to continue to point you back to God until you became an effective conduit for God to work in and through to help them as well. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And that's that's beautifully said, Vic. Um, You know, in that time in my life, I needed people to pour into me. I needed to be reminded of who I was in Christ. And 
you know, we like to look at it hindsight. I was, wow, God was so methodical. All these people came ushering in. And I think he does that. We, it's again, mm-hmm. it's about the, the opening, the softening of our heart. Are we open to receive that? So it was important for me. That's why the foundation is important that, that I had to build, rebuild. And that's why creating my secret place is important. That is what softened my heart to receive the community that God was going to mm-hmm. usher in for me. Because you can miss Good. what God has for you at times. And so if I do believe God uses community and I because I don't believe we're meant to do this alone. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have a great relationship with him. And then we have this supplement of people that constantly, like Vic said, point you back to him. Yeah. And so it was literally when from from the minute of my world crashing down from my great friends I talked about physically driving me to the counselor who poured into me to my friend in the neighborhood taking me to my very first Bible study. Um, I was, you know, we talk about this in the intro of the book in case you didn't read it, but there are three Jamies in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I think it's just kind of cool to point out because God was kind of funny in that. And every time I met a Jamie, I'm thinking, oh, maybe I need to pay attention. To that person. <laughs> but the first Jamie that I met was an amazing Bible teacher. She actually still is. She was through Gateway Church. And I always describe it like it was the first time that I felt God speaking to me directly through someone. Yeah. Like I just, for the first time, like his, the words she was speaking were for me. And that was in hearing his word. And remember, this is someone we're doing Daniel, which is not even an actually a, a real easy study to hop into Old Testament. <laughs> but yeah, but I so related to Daniel and just staying strong in his faith and not wavering in his faith. And, you know, amongst all of the enemy coming at him. And then, of course, you know, being in the fire, you know, I related to that. Mm-hmm. So just little, I look back on that and just those little pieces and I always describe that time, and I actually stayed and studied with Jamie the entire time that I lived here because she just was brilliant and just a great conduit. You know, she would hate me that I said she was brilliant mm-hmm. because she just was so humble in what she did. But I always describe it as it was like going to law school. The way she taught it and the way that I, again, I just, it just, I was hungry for it. Mm-hmm. And so it was just the, the, the perfect God just knew who to do that. So that was probably one of the biggest changes was the first part of community and the women, you know, I remember going there worried about what they all were thinking, you know, what of all the, my past and what have they heard? Yeah. What are they, how are they judging you? Yeah. How are they judging Mm -hmm. me? And you know, because I was so used to, you know, having, you know, my, my, my hardest parts out there for the world to see. And so I, I did hide out in the very beginning in, in the community. It was hard. It's because you're in the limelight. Yeah. And you, what yeah. was that like? Like, why did it affect you so much? You know, I, I feel like, you know, I, my roots are, I am, I mean, it's funny because people that don't take the time to get to know me, they, they think they have an impression of who they think I am. But I really am still this small town girl. Indiana girl. I'm Indiana, Indiana girl. girl. I mean, in the middle yeah. of the bean fields and cornfields mm-hmm. and the simple life and, and riding bikes at night and playing kick the can and just, you know, just just the easy, simple life. Yeah. And and it wasn't like there wasn't joy in some of the things that came with the Lime Life. Um, I'm not going to ever act like some of those things aren't enjoyable, but I always still knew that the family and the roots were what was really important. Those things are nice, but it wasn't my heart. And so when the Lime Life or that part started to pull at the foundation of my family. Changed. Yes. Things changed. They did change. You put, yeah. you changed, your family changed, life changed. Life changed. Oh. And remember, control freak, I confess, <laughs> and I was not in the relationship that I have 
now with Jesus. Right. I didn't. So what did I try to do? Mm. Control. Mm. I'm going to try to control everything I can to stop this from spinning and feeling like everything that's going to destroy my family. And so I just wanted to hunker down. Stay really my community it didn't exist because I'm inside with my family and my children and trying to protect the thing I love the most. When in hindsight, your little foxhole, yeah, little bunker, yeah. yeah, it was all protected. Because we all know there's there's a lot of snares out there in mm-hmm. that world, and so I just did not want my family to be prey to that. I've seen it, I saw it, and so, but not unbeknownst too. It's not like you were thinking back then. I don't want my family to get sucked into snares of the yeah, world, exactly. right? Didn't even... From this like Christian worldview. No, I, yeah, it was you had just seen a lot of the pitfalls that other people in that world Absolutely. that you knew yeah. had fallen into, and you didn't want the same thing, or maybe thought it wouldn't happen yeah. to you. I actually never thought it would happen, to be honest with you. And I think that's part of the shock of it all. And I thought that, you know, that we had it, it all It wasn't together. a fear? It wasn't on your radar? It really right? wasn't. I mean, I just thought we it, we were in our little protective cocoon, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I look back on that and not having that type of relationship that I have now with Jesus, let alone my community, that could right. have really served me in that time. I know they were there. I actually know my kids went to an amazing school at that time with some uh, loving teachers, and and I just know their hearts now. I you know I just know yeah. that they were there. I just was too shut off mm. to allow them in, mm-hmm. and so coming out from under that and having to walk my most painful moment out in the public eye was terrifying to come into community. So. Mm-hmm going to that very first Bible study in the neighborhood that I had been living in that I thought we were protected behind the walls was where it all happened. <laughs> behind and it all the fell walls. Apart. Yeah, behind the walls. And so to go into one of their homes to do this study was terrifying. And it was the most freeing experience because these women in there, they didn't care about any of that. Mm-hmm. They cared about my, my heart and my soul. Mm-hmm. And it was such a beautiful experience for me to be able to say, God has my community. If mm-hmm. I will just be willing yes. to step out into it, it's there. Vulnerability, yep. accountability, yep. breed what? Intimacy. Absolutely. Right. Right. It is so interesting how your perception of what was going to happen, mm-hmm. this is what we all think. I don't care what has happened in your life. Right. You think they don't know me. What are they going to think? They're going to judge me. And it's funny because of all the vulnerability I see in, in my wife's 20-something group. Mm-hmm. And one of the girls made a comment one time, I'll never forget. She said, it just takes 10 seconds of courage. Yeah. But like getting out of the car and walking in. Yeah. Oh, you know, social anxiety now and just the anxiety. She said, just 10 seconds of courage. Because once you get in there, you go, oh my gosh, it's they so loved and accepted the warmth. And so it was just, so if you're listening and yeah. you're, you've been avoiding that community, just start with 10 seconds of courage. Absolutely. <laughs> You know, and we all have a mustard had seed. Mustard seed of faith. Yeah, there you yeah. go. And Good. We, we have, you know, and a lot of us obviously have things in our past that we have maybe have gone in out to a mm-hmm. different type of community <clears throat> and been hurt. Mm-hmm. And so it can be, and that's yeah, what happened sure. to me. You know, I had a community. Got burned. Like, you know, mm-hmm. a, a lot of people, you know, <clears throat> during that time period in my mm-hmm. life were no longer in my life. So what I thought I had as a community mm-hmm. was not a safe yeah. community. So to to allow myself to get into a different type of community Mm -hmm. and be open to that Mm. was life-changing for me. Well, and God was so gentle with you. Yes. Um, I, I had kind of a front row seat, you know, during that time. Mm -hmm. And um, that was one of the, that was one of the funny bonds. It's like, I literally had no clue, (laughs) zero clue about what was going on. Um, What I did know is that 
you were hurting. Mm -hmm. And I did know that um, trying to come out on the other side of that had to be very isolating because you were already set inside of a community that was isolated. Right. right? It's the very nature of it. Right. And um, I remember even at church, you were a little bit isolated. Yeah. Up in the rafters. Up in my rafters at Gateway, you know, and <laughs> safe in the rafters. Safe in yeah. the rafters. <laughs> and it was actually exactly where I was supposed to be at that time. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. for me, again, that was you were there. <laughs> yeah, I was there, and the, again, the word getting poured into me there, and the worship music, and I can remember being there with my kids and just up in there hiding out, tears running down, but it was still the comfort. And so, in that period, I think. You know, God had me up in those rafters so he could reach my heart. Mm-hmm. And he really reached me. And that's when I learned to love worship music where I could understand how that would just move my soul. That's That was another one of the comforts. So, you know, that going there was one of the, uh, the other big critical steps that I took into community. And even further there, they have some amazing classes I took, you know, freedom training and some things just to get through, you know, some of, the, some of my brokennesses all the way from childhood through my marriage just to help set me free. I didn't realize that what that was setting me up for, what I ended up, you know, using that for. But, you know, we talk about free people, free people. Mm-hmm. So for you to be able to eventually get to the place where I could use this pain for purpose, I myself yeah. needed to get that healing. And so it was in community and stepping out into that where that where that actually started, the healing started to happen inside that community. Mm-hmm. So that was such a great um, church and then go ahead. well when and so you talk about isolation this, the, we're more isolated now as a culture than Correct. we've ever been yes right and that whole failure to thrive thing that happens in an infant you know if they don't get uh, all the touches they need yeah. you know they failure to thrive they can literally die and I don't think that ever goes away that literally oh, wow. they don't get enough touches not just like like milk and food like hot, like yes, love like from a human touch yes, human this touch. is it's insane but we still need that well but so what happens when we isolate and of course all the likes on social media not real likes all the follows not real follows yeah. all the right. friends not friends right. <laughs> right so we're so isolated we got this sense of connection and we're not connected and um but one of the things isolation does so the enemy can lie to you mm-hmm. and say you're the only one it's not only you're just in this pain and going through it alone, but you think, I'm the only one. Yeah. And so all of a sudden you get in the community and you realize, oh, wow, you too? Yes. I'm not the only one. I'm not yes. crazy. Yes. I'm not alone. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's so, so good. And people do want to just love on you and be, and the, mm-hmm. like you talk about that, there is something about sitting next to somebody and they might just put their hand on you because they know you're having a hard time. And it just is, it is just little gestures like that, but you have to have the courage or the mm-hmm. 10 seconds mm-hmm. to get mm-hmm. into community and trust that. Um and God just kept leading me down that path of community. And inside those spaces, I don't know about I don't know about you, but I know that when I started, when I branched out and started going to, you know, like AA groups or whatever, when I started to have real intimacy occurring inside of a relationship, and I'm not I, I'm not talking physical, I'm talking like just yeah. intimacy inside of a relationship um, that occurred out of vulnerability, a space where I felt known. Yes. You know, in the book, right, it said in my head, I think, sure, I'm just missing the one thing I valued most, intimacy inside of my marriage. Yeah. Um, mm. To have intimacy inside of a relationship and to feel completely known is it. It's like, it. That's, it's, you have that. Yep. Once you have that in relationship with God, right, in the secret place, when that gets developed, 
you it's like free people, free people, then that opens you up to be able to have that same relationship, not the same, but to have intimacy inside of relationships with people again, where you start to feel safe mm-hmm. and, and grow. And we've said it so often around here, it kind of can roll off your tongue to be fully known and fully, fully loved. loved. Like that's yeah. what yes. we want. And so if you break that down to be fully you know, loved but not fully known, you feel like a fraud. Like yeah. if they really knew. And that's the way a lot of people feel. And then, yeah. of course, to be uh, not fully loved, but you know, fully you're fully known, known and not, not loved, loved, that's rejection, right? Yep. But to be fully, fully known. My, my Jamie, my wife Jamie says, into <laughs> me Jamies. see. Intimacy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. another into, Jamie. Yeah. Yeah, into me see. Yeah. We, we want to be seen. Yeah. And we, we want to know that when you see me, you yeah. don't run. Yeah. Well, you know, and I would say that that right there, and you mentioned that a bit, the not having what 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 true intimacy mm-hmm. means, and it's not the physical aspect; it is that vulnerability. That's a, that that where you feel like that person fully knows your heart, and they love you anyway. Yes, and they're not going anywhere. And so, Ooh. not having that in my marriage, and not knowing it, like it's it's just interesting. Like I look at it now, in hindsight, and hmm. I was craving that. I was craving to be known, to be heard, to be seen, which is part of that control. Like if you can just control all that, then then you'll get that feeling and not understanding that that was a vacancy that was causing a lot of the demise Mm -hmm. and was also causing some really unhealthy coping mechanisms that I I was trying to use to hold on to what was lacking inside of that. Um, and so t- that was what was really great when God brought me out into community and showed me what that really looks like mm-hmm. to be in, vulner- in vulnerable relationships with people that do fully know you and they fully love you. Yeah. And like you said, that t- that's a really great way to think about that and what it looks like when you only have one. Yeah. In, in, in a lot of the marriage work I do, I hear spouses that have gotten resentful towards their partner and, you know, it's obviously some of them work it out, some of them don't, but I hear this. You know what? I've just figured out I don't need my partner. You know, Jesus is my lover. Jesus is all I need. And it sounds great, right? That's great so, in theory. <laughs> you have to have your identity in Christ, right? Sure. And mm-hmm. we could talk about that for a whole podcast. Right. But but I, I always go back to, wait, Adam had God. Mm. Yep. And God Oof. said it's not good for man to be alone. Absolutely. Right? Yep. And it's so, I mean, we have to, Jesus, I mean, again, this is theology, right? This is New right. Testament theology. We so overlook it because I'm all about we talked about, I think, in a uh, former podcast, God out there, you know, but yeah. we're the manifest presence of God. Right. Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. In the beginning was the Word, Word was with God, and Word was God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. But he didn't stop there. Jesus of Nazareth, the Christ that was in Jesus, Jesus was going away, and they were freaking out, like, don't freak out, I'm coming back. And where am I going to live? In, in you. you. I'm going to reside in you. Mm-hmm. And, and so when we say the hearts of hand and hands of Jesus... You literally, I love the Pauline metaphor, the body of Christ. We are, your community is the body of yeah. Christ. Yes. That's not some light little point no. there. That's everything. When Jesus said, you can't say, he didn't say, don't hate your brother and love God. He said, it's not possible. You can't say you love God and hate your brother because they're one and the same. Why? Because the divine right. lives in your brother. <laughs> so yeah, that community yeah. is so, so important. Yep. How did you know that you were safe in community did that take time because mm-hmm. i've i've had people ask you know if they're going to a meeting it's like how do you know who to talk with who to who to get in these deep conversations with like 
And I do think there needs to be discernment around that. You know, right. not everybody has earned the right to know your story. That's good. That and is good right there. It's maybe because I can be an over-talker <laughs> and over-sharer, so that might yeah. come from some personal experience. But I, I do think mm. you do need discernment in relationships, and it takes time. You don't just, you know, allow anyone in there. Um, again, I think that also starts back to our secret place. When God, when you know who you are in Christ and you will, God will give you that discernment in relationships. And coming from someone that, I mean, think about that. I mean, complete and utter just shock and awe and rejection inside my marriage. So to be able to trust even another human, let alone another man again one day, um, took time. And so I would just say a lot of it was I spent a lot of time just listening to them, mm -hmm. just getting to know somebody, hear their heart. And now with that discernment, I actually know when I can see them functioning through the lens of Jesus. Mm -hmm. You know, you can you you learn to discern people by the way they they view the world. What what worldview do they have? And so when I would see that they had definitely their lens was the, the through through the lens of Jesus mm -hmm. and how they were pouring into me, then that's where that safety came. But it does bring you back to as I shared with them all the ugly, the whatever, and they still loved me. And in fact, not only did they still love me, they wanted to love me even more. Mm -hmm. And they just and just building those type of relationships is what I do now. And you don't need a lot of those. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, we get right. this, like you talked about all the likes and everything. One or two, we, you, we Jesus had 12 disciples. Well, okay, yeah. And one of them sent him off to die. Yeah. And he had three in his inner circle. Right. Absolutely. And they still fell asleep. Yeah, so, yeah but exactly. So that's <laughs> nice what I mean guys. by that. It's just. Had one job. Yeah. <laughs> you had one job. Trust the community that, trust that community <laughs> that he will bring you in. But, but also, um, Use discernment because there there is, and you can get hurt. And you know, if you get hurt, then that that's that does happen. I'm not gonna act like that has never ha happened sure. to me since this. But you know, you learn to put healthy boundaries around that. That's also part of your growth and knowing who you are. And um, and again, but the, but you do need to take those first steps just to just to get out in community. And and that for me, that was how I knew that by their by their the lens I could tell that they that they viewed the world. And you know what's cool? I just thought of this because mm -hmm. she attributed something to you. Um I think maybe it was in the foundation mm -hmm. part. But anyway, it was your community wasn't surrounding yourself with the yes men. Yeah. The accountability part. <laughs> right. You Absolutely. you surrounded part of your community was people who could say, okay, Beth, it's yeah. time to move on. <laughs> no, maybe we're stuck yeah, a little bit, exactly. right? No, and mm -hmm. that is that, and they mm -hmm. do it in a way of with, with they've earned the right, yes, because they're in relationship. Exactly, mm -hmm. and that's mm -hmm. what I'm saying. You don't because you got it. That's where that safe place has to be mm -hmm. because not everybody ha is going to do that with the right mm -hmm. intentions, right? And or with truth and love, mm -hmm. or with grace. You know, the, all the things that Jesus calls us to do when we have when we are in that position with somebody. Um, but I, and you can tell the ones who want to scoop. Absolutely, they just want to scoop. And and remember, right. that's going to be a fear of mine, right? Of somebody just wanting to get at me for something, you know, mm. it, that, it's the that, way of the world. Yeah, it is the way of the world. How can you benefit me? Yep. What can I gain from you? So, it it I uh, won't act like that. That it did. God ushered people in, and it took time for me to build trust, to really, really get out into that community, mm -hmm. and function. Which, if we want to transition to this now, but one just made me think about trusting my second Jamie, mm. Jamie Mullins. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. which was here at, Love Jamie. I know, mm -hmm. Cross Timbers. Mm -hmm. So at this point, you know, I had, God had really surrounded me with a lot of community through, you know, Gateway Church <laughs> and also a lot of the, um, 
teachers and parents from Liberty Christian where my kids went to school. I just was really surrounded almost daily by people that were just like-minded and pouring into me. Um, and I still had a lot of hurt and pains, but I was, I was growing and I was in therapy and I was, you know, just in a space where I was healing and, and, you know, figuring out who Beth really is, mm -hmm. who God says she is. Community. And community. And Jamie Mullins came up to me one day, you know, her kids were at Liberty as well. And at the time I was, we were, the, we were, the kids and I were moving this way closer and I was looking for a new home church and she just randomly, I like to say, cause, <laughs> but there are no, no, yeah, no accidents. Yeah, yeah. I ran into her and she's like, hey, at the time she was doing the women's ministry here, leading women's ministry. And she said, I think you have a story to tell. Would you consider being a small group leader? Stop me in my tracks. Mm. I'm like, so the thing I have the most shame about, you want me to be this poster child and call myself, oh, I'm the group of divorced women. Right. You know, and for yes. me, yeah, <laughs> the answer was yes. And at the time, I was doing uh, some other um, some other work as far as with um, CASA, CASA, which is the court-appointed specialists that work with kids in the foster oh, care okay. system. Yeah, yeah. I loved every minute of that. that. Yeah. And, and I still knew that when she asked me, because that's great. I was working with kids, and that's all good. It, it, was, it is a really, really amazing mm -hmm. organization. And I did feel God calling me to work in the area where I had been right. in my pain. And I was scared. And I can remember at that and point. And also didn't want to. Yeah. And, and, but, it, well, I remember, but I remember going home. I do remember right. going home that night and all of a sudden crying. I'm like, mm. oh my gosh, this is what I'm supposed to do. Because you knew it. I just knew it. Mm. And the tears she, the, were and tears was, of acknowledgement of, okay, were, it's you're time. You're going to use this. Mm -hmm. and, and I had had enough. Like I said, I'd, I'd done some of the other behind the scenes work, you know, in my secret place and in my community to know when God is calling you. So... I remember Jamie wanting me to do a post on Instagram. And back then I had no, after being, you know, with everything out in the, in the publicity, publicity mm -hmm. I didn't want anything. I'm like, she goes, oh yeah, I want to put a picture so people know your group. And that was a big deal. Mm. Like I had to pray about that. Like, I, mm. can I do this? Can I put myself out there? But I'm going to tell but you. No turning back. No. This is it. And that was wow. the single most thing that changed my life and the trajectory of my life, honestly. Because I went from leading this amazing small group of women that grew over time, and we kept that group for the entire time that I lived here and and brought it even into my home, which is even mm. more intimate, and then got invited to actually work under you, Brian, here yeah. at the Healing Place. First, just being that I was just, I was the facilitator of the divorce care class here, mm -hmm. which is an amazing program for, especially when you were just literally coming off the floor. It's mm -hmm. just a community that you can get into right away, and I, I, Got immense joy of doing that. It was very healing for me, um, and, and for your friends, and for my friends. <laughs> no, really. And from there, um, I was asked to become a care coach. You know, went through some you training. Became my star care <laughs> coach. I always say, yeah, yeah. What's well, a care coach? A care coach is, you know, in layman's terms, it is just someone that you know. We do have a, a, a training to. To walk us through what that looks like to walk alongside somebody. Basically, a volunteer, a voluntary mental health coach yeah. and life okay. coach and spiritual mentor coach. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And what we do here at the healing place is to pair you up with somebody that's walking with. They're walking through what you've walked through. Mm -hmm. So it's a me too kind of thing. That's what we talk yeah. about. Like sitting because most of the time, and yes, I I have had lots of you know professional counselors in my healing process, and sometimes what we really need is just someone to sit next to you. 
and all you do is look at each other in the eyes and you it's too? just like you too. <laughs> yeah. Too. Like there is such that's community again, right? And so and my sister likes to say that when I started doing that one on one with women, it was the most alive she'd ever seen me. And it was the first time I really felt that purpose in my life. I like, watched it. Yeah. The passion. How literally you came alive. Well, and think about, you said this was the defining moment when you said, okay, I got to post a picture. There's no turning back. I'm doing this. Like you came out of hiding. Yeah. Just for anyone out there, like that thinks their testimony and their, oh, the shame is too much. You came out of hiding. It's here, here, here I am. Yeah. 100% vulnerable. Here I am and fully known. And then, Wow, who knew? Fully loved. Fully loved. <laughs> right? So yeah. loved. And then you helping other people. Yeah. By the way, I don't know where I heard it first, but our greatest human need, they said, was is not solutions, it's solidarity. To that sitting eye to eye, yes. knee to knee, you too, me too. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That vulnerability, isn't that weird how we missed it for so long? We thought we had to have it together. Yeah. God says a broken and contrite heart I will not despise. Me either. Yeah. Like, I don't want to hear the guy's got it all together. No. <laughs> you know, I want to hear the guy saying, man, I'm broken and I need help. I'm like, oh, man, I got you, bro. That's right. me too, yeah. you know? Yeah. I'm just smiling because yeah. I'm thinking, like, that's the entire platform that the 12 steps are, are built on. Mm -hmm. You know, you want the trillion-dollar cure, right? It says... Um, nothing so much ensures immunity from drinking as intensive work with another alcoholic. It works when everything else fails. Mm -hmm. Like that's what it, when you sit face to face with someone who's been through what you've been through, mm -hmm. uh, that moment of like, I don't have to explain yes. everything. Yes. yes. yes that it's is just it like, is. Oh, the, you get like, me. I get all, yes. all of this you already get. Yes. So we yes. can start like instant with, validation. Yes. Spirit to spirit. Yes. Yes. This is communion. This is the spirit communing with another spirit. I, th I think this is pulling up that bread and that wine, like like and having that you know me too moment with right. another person. There's something sacred about that. You're like, man, let's toast, let's break this bread, let's toast to mm -hmm. his good man. We got this together. You know, you're not on your own. That's that we're taking in the body and blood of Christ. Absolutely. You know, we talk about what it means and what it is. It's like. How about we don't worry about these elements changing? How about we worry about those elements changing us? Yeah. You know, the transformation. And that happens with another person sitting. You know, church many times is sitting shoulder to shoulder. We come in with our crap and we leave with it. So it's like, let's turn from shoulder to shoulder. Let's get eyeball to eyeball, knee yeah. to knee, right? Yep. And just here we are. Here you we get are. to do that yeah. every day. I do it every healing day. Place. I love it. I literally love it. This like, is an amazing... The healing place mm. to me is, it is it was profound, mm. and mm. in serving the community that way, to be just a part of that, it, mm -hmm. it's that's that is what has stirred what I'm doing right now. Yeah, it is what stirred my heart and passion. It is what stirred Victor and I to write this book. It is what is going to stir us to launch this into a ministry to continue to help other people. You know, we're called. To love the Lord our God with all our mind, heart, soul, and strength, and love our neighbor as ourself. What I usually ask people next is, "Hey, how do you do that?" Yeah. What is love? Yeah. Baby, you don't. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> love is patient. Love is kind. It doesn't envy. It doesn't boast. It's not a respecter of person. Like keeps when you no record of wrongs. I always no say that to the couples wrongs. in marriage. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's true. It's like what. When we're when we're focused on what love is and what it looks like to emulate Jesus, he I mean he literally said, Love God, secret place. Yeah. Love others. 
community, mm. yep. right? And why am I loving God in the secret place so that I can go out and love others in the community? Yes, absolutely. Then, yeah. That's what, why. That's why we talk about the the step of secret place. So then you can do the next. That's really why we did it. Wrote it that way. And there's all these ways of like showing people what transformation looks like in your life. Baptism, yeah, for instance, right? Like you got baptized at at uh, Gateway. I did. You know that was you know. Having a, a Catholic background, I was um, baptized as a baby, you know, and th- so I always like to refer to it as a, a rebaptism. But you know what? That again, I think baptism to me, believers' baptism, yeah, is it yeah. is it yes? And to me, what I the reason why I chose to get baptized at that point in my life because I knew where I was going. It wasn't really that. It was just an outward commitment to an inward decision I'd already made. Mm-hmm. It was just an outward way. If you, when you when you stand on a stage and do that. And show the world, even my, my, it was my inward commitment that was already there, but it was just important for me to do that out in public and, and, and confess that out yeah. in there. So it was just another step of my healing journey. Celebration with your family to show exactly. what he's already done. And a true mm. surrender, right? Mm. Like to, a true surrender to my life. Like I spent the prior 40 years trying to be the God of my mm-hmm. life, right? Mm-hmm. Control. And I hadn't my I needed to go this way with that. So that to me was the that internal change of I, God. You are you are my mm. my everything. You found the source of um, a love that would never reject you. Wow! Because rejection was your biggest fear. I mean, if you look behind what you were trying to protect yourself with all the control, it's um, not funny. getting to that point, not being rejected. I wasn't prepared for that, but you're right. That's that makes me emotional. I think a lot of people have that fear of being rejected mm-hmm. and having been rejected and walking that. That still is a struggle. I won't lie. There still is the enemy likes to poke at that every once in a while. Mm-hmm. But when in you, all different forms from all different people, sure, absolutely. And it, but if you know whose you are, you can work through that. It doesn't mean you won't still feel that pain from from deep rejection. Um, but when you know who your identity is in and who God says you are, you can come out of that quicker and you don't stay mm-hmm. in it as long. And so to me, that was what healing looked like is it doesn't mean that I don't ever have that pain from what that happened, but the ability to remind myself who God says I am. And I always used to say this with all even the women that I work with that experienced some of the same rejection things that I had is it's not like you're, you're going to get to this perfection where it never happens and you're just over it like people love to say oh just get over it and it's not and so it's to me it's it's progress and so I always ask them are you having those moments less and when you have them are you staying in it shorter time Mm -hmm. so it's frequency and duration and so to me you have to you have to give yourself grace for that good because that is growth that is healing absolutely and you know when I like Brian no one says to you you know you lost your son Mm -hmm. when he was two well, you, and you have a day you cry about that. Brian, you need to get over that. Right. But isn't it interesting how people that get, get divorced, they're like, oh, get Come over on, it. He's no good. It. You know, mm-hmm. what do you, but when you love that deep and you love someone that deep and then they choose to not stay with you in the covenant of marriage, that is soul crushing mm-hmm. and that is that, that death and that loss. And so, well, I, and then the other half of that is the life that they, embark on afterwards sure. too. Right, you right. you get to you know the, the hard part to, for me for a family oriented person like you. Right. yes well it changes everything it's not just you it changes it, your you know, entire family I, I thought that you that yes. yes that yes it is the path of destruction is wide in in that 
and to be rejected and then watch the that other part of your life go on without you. That, you know, you can have a death and someone can be gone. But if you have a death in a marriage, that person's still there and they're they're outwardly choosing to not be with you. Mm. And so that that was a really hard place for, for me to get re- in, in that rejection with, with that. Um, but that took a lot of time in the sacred place with God. And so when I work with women on that, you got to allow yourself to feel that emotion of that, but also know this is the whole point of why we did the book, is that God does have something beautiful for you. It may not be what you thought your beautiful was, because maybe that wasn't so beautiful. And so you've got to trust that God has something beautiful in that moment for you so you can release that. It doesn't mean you won't have days every once in a while that you cry about it. it that's okay. Yeah. Allow yourself to have that mm. moment and then remind yourself who you are. Well, some days too are also really dark, Yeah. right? And that's the purpose of community is, yes. you know, when it gets too much, when, I mean, back at the first chapter, right? Um, Galatians 6, 2, carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of yes. Christ. Yeah. Why? Because sometimes, and this goes back to spiritual warfare, the battle is hard, the battle yeah. is tough, and we do get isolated, and that doesn't just go away, and we yeah. do start to believe lies. So you need people to battle with you. I was going to say, when you're, if you don't have community, when I just described you what that feels like, you're alone. without, you're yes, without you wouldn't community. Make it. it would be soul-crushing. You've got other people carrying yes. your burdens. There yes, is community. You, you met our foreign exchange student yeah. from ten years ago yeah. on Sunday. Yeah. You know, at lunch, oh. she she came. You know, another culture from France. Lived with us for a year, and this is over ten years ago, and um, was not a believer. And to this day, she she. It's interesting how she describes what she's her her uh, evolution uh, and what's going on in her as far as faith. Um, but she, she, um, was drawn back to Texas, didn't know what she didn't know, had never experienced love and acceptance and being embraced and being seen and yes. being valued. And it's like, this is different. She, she didn't know it existed, this level of openness and vulnerability in community. Right. So she goes home, she comes back to visit once. And then she comes back another time to live with us for four years, uh, four months, an internship. And she's visiting as we speak, right? Came back to visit for like two and a half weeks. She is saying the one thing, she goes, I still don't know if I would consider myself a believer. <laughs> but she said, I've never seen community like, like you have at church. This is what, it, 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 she says, it's the thing that we don't have at home anywhere. This doesn't exist. Because I always think uh, you can find community at the gym, you can find it at the coffee, at the bar, you know, whatever. She's like, the community where people, our brothers and sisters, have each other's back and care. Like she says, this vulnerability and the transparency mm-hmm. and the way that you feel like you care for one another and you're not alone. Right. She said, so that's that's really, really cool because she's seeing that brother that. and sister in that community. Yeah, we, we have our garden that we're called to manage and we can plant the seed and give yeah. it the right sunlight, the right mm. amount of water, eggshells egg and miracle grow. You can do all the things, <laughs> right? <laughs> and only God can give that seed life. Yes. So, you know, it was really talking about like, hey, you know, God's in control. You're called to manage your garden. You know, go out there, parable the seeds that were plant your seeds, but water, you know, nourish the relationships, um, cultivate community. 
and watch God do incredible, awesome things when those seeds get life. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I heard you, you know, given your encouragement and your challenge, I would just say, you don't have to be alone. Don't stay isolated. You know, the 10 seconds of courage, community exists. Just go join it. And I understand being burned and I understand having to be discerning and being choosy, but community exists. Just don't go it alone. 